everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes 9 and 10 of season 2 of Alchemy of Souls, which that's the finale. We watched the final two episodes. We finished it. Oh my god, you guys, we're starting the year right. Yeah, it was a very good way to start the year because, listen, the... Especially the ninth episode was some of the- I was so stoked. Obviously, like, the tenth episode was also a lot of fun, but there was something about Jung going beast mode in episode (laughs) nine, particularly, where he was like, let's just split off into three different Jungooks. Let's just- I'm gonna go- I'm gonna visit a couple different people. I'm gonna have a conversation with Jinmu while simultaneously fully- bringing down every single soul shifter that he's created. See, I feel like episode nine was everything I wanted, and it was the finale that I needed to see. And then episode 10, they were like, let's do it again, but make everything higher stakes. And I was like, I'm done. I am, like, sorry to start off by being a party pooper. I did not care for a lot of the stuff in episode 10. I think episode 10 was interesting because I don't mind, like, some of the stakes that they've raised. It did get a little confusing. So (laughs) Craig was sitting in the living room with me while I was watching it, so I was just kind of giving, like, some general commentary on what was happening. He didn't care. He was not listening. (laughs) It's Which, like, understandably, it was the final two episodes of a show that he has not seen. But it was just kind of, like, fun for me to be like, oh, yeah, so this girl... (laughs) is his wife that he was married to for less than a day before her soul left and she was taken over by a powerful divine priestess. And then that really, like, drove Like, saying that out loud, I was like, yeah, I can hear how this show is just kind of out of control at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was taken over by a powerful divine priestess who was... Apparently, the rebirth of the most powerful divine priest. Yes, so it is like two to three souls inside. Like we were saying two, because technically, Buyan was never her own person. She was just the reincarnation of another person who, and now the that person who is two people but one person is inside of the body of this person. Uh, but not for long, because soon the original owner is gone, so it's going to be just one slash two people instead of two slash three people. <laughs> Get it? Does that make sense to everyone? Yeah, that was a lot to me that, like, I guess I just didn't need her to be the reincarnation of what's-her-face. Jin Solran. Solran. Like, kind of, they already had the through line of, like, she is... The great-great-great-great-granddaughter or whatever, however many greats' granddaughter. There is a connection there. Didn't need to be her actual reincarnation. Kind of unnecessary. They had built Jin Buyan up enough over the season to be like, she's very, very powerful. Trust us. Yeah. Yeah, I felt... I felt fine about it before that, and then they really (laughs) unnecessarily raised the stakes. That's so funny because that wasn't even on my list of things I was annoyed at. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. It's only really two things. And they're they're not terrible. One is I didn't like the unanimous assembly and the king all suddenly being 
the bad guys. Like, I get it. It raised the stakes, but it was very, like, oh, I guess. Yeah. Everyone's evil. I think, so, the one thing that grounded that a little bit for me is how unhinged the unanimous assembly was uh, at the end of the first season, when they were like, yeah, let's kill this girl so that we can see how the ice stone works. That's fair. I felt like if they had not been that absolutely unhinged and evil in the first season at some point and proven that they don't really give a shit about like power balances, they're mostly just kind of greedy and generally curious about how much they can get away with. That, I think, kind of grounded them being part of being the big bad guys of the along with Jinmu. That said, I agree that it was kind of one of those things where I was like, mm, again, like it does raise the stakes, but I don't know if it's completely necessary that I, I, I feel like Jinmu still could have been like a problem. I guess it's nice because they got to just kind of start fresh by wiping out the the unanimous assembly, the really corrupt, clearly corrupt unanimous assembly. But yeah, I agree where I'm like, eh, okay, I didn't really think about them other than the fact that periodically they were just having me like weird meetings that sometimes decisions were made, but sometimes they just complained a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just kind of background characters. And then suddenly they are the big bad evil guys like the main villains. Yeah. They were like background characters that could be so easily vetoed. It just felt like they were never that much of a threat to what people were up to. Um, because anyone who felt like it could be like, that's what they said, but there's a way around that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to your point, I I will accept that they had written them to be pretty evil. At some points. Not cool, guys. So it wasn't as big a shock. Okay, okay. Okay, last point of contention. I was very upset that Maid Kim got the best possible death of anyone in any show. And then Park Jin got to go sort of avenge her and be like, now I got recruited to the bad guys team and I will accept their request. And then smash smash gonna turn against them to be like that's never what made kim would have wanted she wouldn't want me to bring her back using the evil powers of sorcery like i'm gonna do this we're both gonna die with honor we were some of your least favorite character guys but here we are getting the best possible deaths <laughs> two seconds later jonga is like oh they're fine they're not dead yeah. It's weird how the ways in which this show raised the stakes, but did not ever actually make me feel the impact of the raised stakes, where I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, because I obviously did not want uh, Kim Do-ju to die. Maidservant Kim. Maidservant Kim. Yeah. I did not want her to die. No. And it was such a wonderfully emotional scene. Like, I was... I was very sad. Her speech and the callback to her saying I something. <laughs> yeah. I I am surprised I did not cry. I didn't cry, but I thought that it could not have been played out more beautifully. That 
So it's not even that I mind that she got to survive. It's that I at no point was like, I mean, that's kind of why I didn't cry, right? Because I didn't feel the impact of the stakes where I was like, it's almost, it's not like I was sitting there like, oh, she's about to come back to life. I was just kind of, no one stays dead in this show. (laughs) (laughs) But they could have, they could have, like, they had that moment where everyone's gathered at the funeral for those three. And it's like, not, this is going to sound dark, because I feel like the older generation was like in their 40s, maybe 50. But it's like, suddenly, uh, three of the people of the older generation are dead. And now yeah. we have all the young people gathered together, kind of the next generation of mages, ready to take responsibility for this world. And it's a very cool moment a changing of the guard yeah. that they were then like, actually, actually, no, no, no. This is not the changing of the guard. No. Or it is, but like, don't worry about it because they can still go ask mom and dad to, to I don't know, be in charge <laughs> periodically. Babysit <laughs> the babysit, kids. Babysit, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I I was hoping for more emotional impact. Sometimes I think back to the dramas that really, really destroyed me. And this was not, this one was really good. I want to, we're we're getting the stuff that we're like kind of annoyed by out of the way now so that we can talk about the stuff that we loved in the finale at the end. So it's really important to be like, this was great television, very entertaining. But I did not feel... I there's some dramas that like made me cry until I almost threw up and this is not <laughs> one of them. <laughs> See, and I think that's why I had to bring up this point about Maid Kim so early at the top because it was one of those moments where I was like they so beautifully played out the goodbye between her and Park Jin. Like I said it was never a relationship that I was a huge fan of, but that moment had me. They were they had me. And then they took it all away, and I hated that. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel that, for sure. Rude. Rude. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm glad they're alive. I guess. But just, like, crush me. In the finale, just crush me. Just make me feel so sad. The The one thing that I think they did really well emotionally was a conversation... Shoot, now I'm worried that I don't remember exactly who was having the conversation. I want to say it was Park Jin and Seoyul, um, and maybe Dongu was there. But I just some someone was talking about like the the burden that that uh, Jungkook will always have to bear is the burden, the responsibility, the burden of responsibility that he just has to. He will always have to choose the path that is most difficult because of things that were completely outside of his control. And he will even have the choice. Like, he will have the choice to be selfish, to do something that is not incredibly difficult. It's not that there's not a choice. It's that he, his whole burden of responsibility is having to choose the right thing, even though it's the worst thing for him. Every time. He will never escape that. And that everything he does will not only be reflected on him, but on so many other people. And like you said, he never chose any of that. Yeah. He literally just wanted to like be recognized by the person he thought was his dad. That's how this all started, was oh. him trying to just live up to a legacy that wasn't even his own. And then all of a sudden he was shoved into 
something completely different. He's the chosen one. He is born under the king star. He's got the plaque. He's got the ice stone. This guy cannot catch a break. Cannot catch a single break. And yeah, <laughs> I that made me... Uh, I did not tear up, but that that was a gut punch because I think that that's a very interesting character, a very tragic hero to to write, to say, and they'll keep making the right decision, but y- you as a viewer has to watch it destroy them. Oh, that's fair. I don't think I thought as, I don't think that moment affected me as deeply, but that's such a good point that that was the beauty of the show is that you've watched him do that time and again. And as he gained more and more power, he's become so much more level-headed, but also so much more broken. It's a little bit crushing. (laughs) But on the flip side, he has such a beautiful conversation with the crown prince when he gives the crown prince the plaque. And the prince is like, you really never wanted this power? You never wanted to be king in this world? And Jungkook, like... I know he's just speaking the truth. It felt a little bit like a, a backhanded slap to be like, mm, I thought the same I, thing. I found love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, well, the conference is trying, so lay off just a little bit. You're friends now. Yeah. yeah you need to maybe not rub it in, right? Don't rub like, it. <laughs> <laughs> I could be king, but love is better, and I have that. Remember Naksu? She chose me. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, well, it's still a cute moment for Jungkook. It's very sweet for him to be like, I'm very satisfied. I've done it all. I don't need to be king. Thank you. Yeah, I never wanted that power. Really, the only power I wanted was the power to get me recognized. <laughs> the power to, like, I don't know, live. And then I did, <laughs> and then I fell in love, and that was way better, and I don't really need anything else. Yeah, that was very, very good. I loved that. As usual, I loved. Sorry, it, I I actually don't want to bring this up. Everyone knows what I'm about to say because we just <laughs> brought up the crown prince. But uh, was there one more thing that annoyed you that you wanted to get out of the way? Or I don't think so. Around? I think it was just the unanimous assembly and made Kim's death. Okay, nice. Um, in that case, do you want to talk about how the crown prince is the best character ever? Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> I do. I think we should forever. that's the rest of the episode thank you for coming um we will be moving into our crown prince segment where we just talk about how every scene that he's in is better because he's there he is (laughs) the the perfect he is the crown prince of my heart um (laughs) he's the king now he's everything to us he's everything to us we knew pretty well that he was not falling for jinmu's shit but we get to find out really early on in episode nine that he's showing up in so many ways. He's best friends with Jungkook. Uh, he gets his turtle back. Ah, like we knew it was all about the turtle, which is kind of silly. I get it. I don't. I can appreciate if some of our listeners are like, I didn't care for that. That was dumb. Me fully Delulu over the Crown Prince. That being his breaking point was perfect. Yeah. Because he loved that turtle so much. He loved that turtle so much. It's just a twist of comedy. But if you've ever owned a pet that you love so much, then you kind of get it. Like, excuse me. Like, uh, if you're, if anyone, if anything ever happens to like your dog or your cat, you want to fight the world. You want to go full John Wick. And (laughs) 
that's kind of what he did. He went John Wick, but for a turtle that did not die. <laughs> that did not. That was fully a spirit turtle. Yeah, that was uh, that. <laughs> That was a little confusing for me because oh, really? it wasn't. Yeah, because it just it felt so quick that all of a sudden the turtle was was I don't know was finding plaques and he oh. was he was the guiding spirit and he was swimming out into the ocean, but then all of a sudden he was a big giant turtle. I thought it was fine just because we're introduced to him with Jim Buyan saying he's got good energy. He's got something inside him that's different than what he appears. And then you get Master Lee's little voiceovers every so often that are like, he's a special turtle. He's a special turtle boy. And so then by the end, when it's like he's main character right now, this turtle is doing the most. Yeah, I think I ignored a lot of what Master Lee said about it as just because <laughs> that all happened at a time when I was like, I honestly don't know what parts of Master Lee are believable parts and which parts of Master Lee are later. This will be a different thing. That's fair. We kind of, you you lose faith in him. Yeah, they made him too all-knowing to the point where it's like he would reveal he it's like he was all-knowing he knew everything but he revealed everything so conveniently and i just wish they had made him either less all-knowing like he didn't know as much or they made him more mysterious and less accessible to people where it was more difficult to get access to him but it felt like he was always around people and then just never telling them the important details until <laughs> like let's not talk about how Jin Buyan is probably Jin Solran until the very last episode right <laughs> <laughs> I guess I used too much of his season one character where he was much more mysterious much more inaccessible in season one and I just carried that expectation over to season two. So anything he said, any conversation he had, I was like, there's going to be the, a lot that he's hiding because he's never going to tell us everything. But to your point, he does appear at least three times an episode this season. He's always talking to people, always telling them stuff. And then it's always different the next episode. <laughs> so it was a lot harder to get on board with Master Lee this, this time around. Yeah. It's not even like it felt malicious. It didn't even feel like talking in riddles. It just felt like he was changing his mind sometimes. <laughs> Which, I don't know, I played off as like seeing the future is very difficult. And a lot of his stuff was like, will this matter? Do I need to tell people or will Jin Solran's soul just kind of disappear? Like, will it not matter? I don't know. And then by the end, he's like, oh, it does seem to matter. So I'll bring it up now. <laughs> but I just, I think I maybe had some rose-colored glasses for him and could write off a lot of his behaviors. Yeah. I did like him as a character. I just, yeah. I kind of started, you wrote off his behaviors. I just started writing off the things he said. <laughs> just like, well. He says, this turtle something? I don't know. Doesn't seem like it is. Fair. I fully trusted him on the turtle and got really excited. And then the turtle was like, I'm a dragon. And I was like, that makes sense. That's, yeah, that's your trajectory. Um, what else happened in the finales? 
Can I bring up a moment? If we're still like a little bit on the crown prince, which we always always. should be. (laughs) Yeah. If we're not, then we can transition back into talking about the crown prince. Back to the crown prince. (laughs) There was a moment that they explained later, but Jim Buyan is in the prison, the spirit prison. Jong-uk shows up and saves her and he's like, you called me with the egg. And then the crown prince shows up and he just kind of wanders through the forest. Like, he's just out for a stroll. He's just there, checking out the scenery. I laughed so hard. I was like, this is the weirdest scene I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, just walks up and is like, oh, hey, guys, holding his turtle, right? Because why <laughs> oh, not? <my> turtle. <laughs> and then wanders off, like, no questions for them. Yeah, just, I'll be back in a minute. I did like that he was there to have good conversation with Naksu about, you know, if she was that, if she has the memories of that person that he loved, he should know that even if she's the type of person who wouldn't want him to immediately dismiss his pain because he made his choices, which, oh, have I been like too much of an apologist for him where I'm like, what did he do that was so bad, though? They, okay, we can talk (laughs) about that, though, because I feel like Last season, I did not get the impression that the crown prince was involved with the bell ringing and the the poisoning of the soul shifters that Mm-mm. came up in this season. It was all revealed. He acted this season as if he was repenting for that. And I was like, I did not see your part in that play, mister. But he's like, I caused the death of Naksu. This is the reason I can't be friends with Jang-uk. Like, I'm just repenting. my The rest of my life, I'm repenting for the death of Naksu. And I'm like, what did you do, though? Yeah, maybe he knew more than he let on. Because that was the point in time when he was doing a lot of information intel gathering. He was still kind of under the wing of Jinmu. So maybe he knew more than you and I caught on to, or like we brushed over it, or we have the memory of a goldfish, each of us respectively our own (laughs) poor goldfish memory. Um, (laughs) But whatever the case may be, I guess, yeah, we could attribute it to him being under Jinmu's influence during that period of time. But I'm the same where I don't remember. And it's, it's not like he was out there like, I will pour the poison into her food. Or I I know what's happening, I know the consequences of this, and I am still doing it. Because even if that was the case, I feel like there have been many instances of him not knowing the consequences of the uh, the action or whatever that Jin Mu is doing until after it's happened. And then he's just kind of like, oh, dang. <laughs> Which could be one of those cases, like you said, where he knew that soul shifters were getting this drink given to them and just didn't really think it through until Naksu ran wild and killed everybody. I guess I don't remember how much he knew about Naksu and her being a soul shifter. I feel like not. I thought he didn't. I feel like the implication is that he knew all of that. He knew Mudok was not who she said she was and that he was okay with Jinmu controlling her. I didn't get that impression at all in season one, but season two, he's all about like, this is all my fault. That was my bad. Yeah. I did like the conversation that they got to have that was very real about forgiveness and forgiving himself. And that was very nice. Yeah. 
worth it. By the end, it's all resolved, so it works out. I was just kind of confused, but yeah, they, we got the bromance that we absolutely deserved. Yeah, by the very, very end, by the epilogue parts, he was even talking about missing Jong-uk, and Master Lee's like, ah, he's he's gonna be missing you too, I'll send him home. I'll send him back. I'll send him back. <laughs> you guys! You cuties! You little cuties! Why you love a bro- That is everything that, uh, that was part of my commentary to Craig since he was sitting in the room as soon as they became homies. I said, oh, and the show just gave me- one of the two things I asked for, and it was uh, their bromance, them finally teaming up against evil, uh, being the boys I have always wanted them to be, being s- slightly in love, but in a platonic way. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then I also, they didn't really give me everything I wanted with Naksu. I guess that's fine. I think, so I will say, I think the actress in these last two episodes very much played Naksu the way the previous actress played Mudok in her mannerisms and that her was very crazy. level. Yeah, she was very level in her speaking and it felt very similar. I was very impressed with that. I just wanted her to do a sword fight so <laughs> bad. I wanted her to be the one showing up and and fully she used a lot of priestess powers which was cool. I definitely want to see more of that as well, like the actual Buyan priestess, most powerful priestess ever. So there was those aspects. I guess I wanted there also to be the person who mastered Chisu, the person who created Tensu or whatever. Um I wanted to see her in actual combat more instead of just kind of the brains and the magic behind the operation. That's fair. I was not dissatisfied. I get what you mean. Like, it would have been cool, but I feel like for me that would have been icing on the already very delicious cake. Like, I think the tie-up of however many souls were in that body just all coming together to fight the Firebird and be kind of a main role in the finale was enough for me and I really really liked it I like how she came through I didn't even necessarily need her to come back and Noxie to be the only soul that again felt like a bonus I was like I really liked their goodbye it was really beautiful and they said everything they needed to say but it's cool it's like perfect that she's back and that she gets to spend the rest of her life with Jungkook like that's very cute Yeah, I liked the emotional impact of her not coming back fairly well, but I, I think her not coming back, maybe I'm just out here just bargaining for justification. I'm just like, I'll, I'll take whatever, whatever I can find to justify certain aspects of the show, because I do think her not coming back is a good way to justify the whole bringing Jin Solran into the storyline where it's like if she really if Buyan really was this extremely old soul that really just kind of came back you know through her mom her mom using the ice stone with Jungkook's not dad but uh but like her also being partially reincarnated to have seen this great travesty this great chaos happen and she's kind of just there to use her immense powers to create and enact a plan to save everyone i think makes it more reasonable that then buyan 
says, all right, I'm done. I've got to go. Like, I, because if she's the same soul, right? If she's just a reincarnation, essentially, then it's kind of, it makes a lot more sense for her to, to not want to come back and inhabit the body that she gave up and, you know, live the life that she gave up when she was taken by Jinmu to find the ice stone or whatever. That's fair. That, yeah, Jinbuyeon is a wise enough person to be like, I've served my purpose. I don't really need to live an entire life now. I already did that as Solron, and I think I'm done. <laughs> I guess I just love an ending death, you know? I I don't know why I'm yearning for deaths in the last episode, but they were like, don't worry, you will have none of that. Nobody's <laughs> gonna die. It's all gonna be okay. Come on, kill someone. Kill somebody. <laughs> Even Jim Mu had to come back. Like, it was so satisfying that Naksu got to kill Jim Mu. Perfection. And then he's like, actually. Yeah. No. It'll really bite you in the ass to have tried to give me a fitting death that lasts a long time. Because that gives me plenty of time to soul shift. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, I liked the queen's death mm -hmm. only because she was such a B-tier villain. Like, especially her scene with Park Jin and So Yul where she's like, mm, actually, I'm super into sorcery and I want to steal the body of a young maiden. And they were like, you can't just tell us that. You're really playing your hand right here, right now? And she's like, absolutely. What's wrong with that? It's like saying... I want to do a murder. <laughs> I want to murder someone. I want. I feel it's completely within my rights to murder someone, and it's insane that you're making me feel bad about this. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? What conversation are we having right now? Why is she being like this? So yeah, B-tier villain right there, and then she just dies, and that's fine. But Jin Moo gets to come back. Because the C-tier villain, which is Soyeol's cousin, whose name I did not bother to learn. <laughs> so something. So something gets to be the new body. Like, do not get me wrong, acting perfection. He yes. was a solid choice for new Jim Moo. Yeah. He had those disgusted facial expressions. Like, he, everyone was beneath him, like miles beneath him. Perfect. He's been studying, again, another actor. I love when, I love shows that do actors that inhabit, that, like, they have to watch what the other actors are doing to become, like, a, a person within a person. Like, it's yes. so fun. And he did a great job. The actress that played Naksu, Buyan, Soran, <laughs> Cho Young. <laughs> also great job. Also great job. Both of them, yeah. Just outstanding on both of their parts with becoming the other person. But in terms of Jinmu coming back at all, period, do not. And then he immediately convinces the king to like join the evil army. I was like, the king has always been weak. He's always been just like, meh. Yeah. Why does he have to be evil now? Yeah, I would have preferred him to just continue to be be kind of stupid yeah, and impressionable lock him in the room. Yeah. Be like we don't need him for this plan. We're going to lock him away. I did not enjoy that it was like, "Hey, do you want to be powerful forever?" and he's like, "Hell, yeah, I want to be powerful forever." <laughs> How Let's does kill that a bunch magic work? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Um, yeah. He's never seemed power hungry before. Like the crown prince says when he does the overthrowing of his father, he's like, you never liked being king. Why would you want to be king forever? That's stupid. Yeah, this whole time you've been just kind of a mid-king, right? Like <laughs> You've always hated it. It's haunted you. Do not be king forever. This is dumb. Yeah. Just give it to me. Stop being <laughs> king right now. <laughs> I also thought that the king would at least have enough foresight to be like, if I'm gonna soul shift, should probably soul shift into my son. Because he's literally the next king. But he was like, nope, just gonna lock this one away and take away all his power. Yep. So that some dude can walk into the palace and be like, I'm king now? Yeah, if you're making soul shifting super illegal, it just seems like that's a liability. Yeah, that's insane. Why would you not soul shift into your son? That is the plan. That's the only plan. He's the best character, you idiot. You idiot. Why would you not want to be the perfect man? <laughs> <laughs> Fool. I will never respect you for that decision alone. <laughs> Uh, who else? Who else had an ending? Everyone? Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's almost not even worth doing anything except really saying their names and the fact they had an ending. <laughs> Park Dong-gu and Jin Cho-young. No! Uh, they're done. <laughs> they They had an ending. We finished. We got through <laughs> them. Yep. And they had twins. And... Oh, I thought Lady Jin's reaction, really low-key reaction to... Uh, them being like, Buyan's gonna be the one who provides daughters, and her, her clear but somewhat subtle dissatisfaction with that, where she was like, mm, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I. So, like, this sucks because it just shows how unloyal I am and how poor memory I have. I liked Lady Jin in these two episodes. I thought she had a turnaround, and I was okay with her for the most part. Yeah, she did. I mean, it's one of those things where <laughs> her and Park Jin kind of just had their own level of... I mean, Park Jin's was maybe on a lower level where it just kind of felt like about time he stepped up <laughs> versus her being such an active problem through this season it felt more rewarding that she stepped up, I think. But yeah, she stepped up. I, I was also fine with her. It's one of those things where it's not even a goldfish memory thing. It's just kind of like, I'm glad that they didn't make her such a, a C, a B villain as the queen, because we did a lot of comparison of them just being unhinged women in power. And I'm glad that they were able to pull one of them back. And... I'm glad it was her, and I'm happy for her having finally let go of just almost a level of madness with her obsession with Buyan that she could finally really level level out and say, okay, I'm only happy that, that I don't know, that this was like a choice Buyan got to make. Yeah, and that she got to keep control of Jin Yuan. Like, that was kind of in question for most of this season. And she was like, actually, that should be maybe more of my priority because Jin Buyeon is a person with autonomy. So maybe I should focus on controlling and protecting all these mystical treasures. That yeah. will kind of be my obsession now. That's kind of my focus. And also, yeah, kind of 
relinquishing. Yeah, that obsession. She has a whole ass other daughter who's doing fine, I guess. <laughs> She's also there. And maybe <laughs> could use a little more advisement. I don't know. She really yeah. did not show up in these episodes. I thought she would have literally any moment where I was like, ooh, Jin Shoyan did something cool. Nope. Yeah. Just- she destroyed one earthenware thing and then she turned to the other priestesses of the Jin household of Jin Yoan and said, okay, we gotta do this to all of them. Let me see that map. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it. What is yeah. that? Nothing. It. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So she was just kind of the same as always, but slightly less problematic yeah. than these last two episodes. And that's fine. <laughs> Good, I guess. And now <laughs> she's just there. Yeah. Um. Good ending for them. Kind of still sad for Pak Dong but what can you do? He made his choices. <laughs> That's up to him, I guess. Autonomy. Consenting adult. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one that I want to throw out there before I completely forget about her because still don't care for her is Hoyunok. Also got a happy ending. And for yeah. what? For, yeah, for what reason? To- I was so nervous when uh, Master Hill was talking about how she could be the next oh queen. Oh my god. And I was like, do not do my boy do like this. Not. <laughs> I would be so mad forever. If they were going to do that, they had to set that up like a season and a half ago. And just have literally anything. I don't know. Like, she had zero redeemable qualities this season including when she was actively saving lives. Like, I do not care for her as a person. And, yeah. yeah. I, I was done with her, and so when they mentioned that, I had a little panic attack, and then I was yes. stoked when uh, they also were like, don't worry about it, dude. She has a boyfriend. I was like, thank God to keep her ambiguous away. man you will never meet. Nobody cares. Perfect. That's everything that I wanted from that whole corner of the this universe. (laughs) That's all I wanted for her. And then her assistant? Oh, yeah. I guess it's gonna do magic. That's annoying, but whatever. (laughs) I didn't like Sunny. I didn't... I didn't mind so much the kid who worked for Sonyi. No, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. I don't get Sunny. I don't understand her being chosen to go to magic school. Like, she's probably got determination. Does she have a good spirit? She seems, again, just kind of B-tier as a person, which, like, meet me where I'm at, Sunny. Like, if you want to talk smack about your friends' love interests that have not chosen them, I will also be there. Like, I get Mm -hmm. it. We are one and the same. But also, you don't get, like, a main character ending. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... And it's one of those things, too, where I don't even mind that she was a homie, right? That was fine, that she was like, I got my girls back. It was the approach. It was that very, it's that very blame the mistress, even though it was the dude who cheated kind of mentality that we have seen historically a lot, where instead of being mad at the man who is actually actively wrecking a home or whatever they called the woman a home wrecker and it's like who's to say she even knew yeah in this situation none of that applied your homegirl yeah, just no. liked someone who was married to other people 
And you're yeah. like, we and actively hate those other women. Yeah, we will treat her like garbage when she shows up. And it's like, what? <laughs> Sunny, you kind of suck for that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she got an ending she didn't deserve, but I guess good for her. I liked that I called her Sonny. Soyi's little assistant was also there. <laughs> little assistant. He's little like an adult man. Like a, that dude. That guy. That, that tiny guy. little guy. Cute. I liked that for him. Because I did yeah. want an ending for him, but I would have forgotten if he didn't get one. Yeah, I would have been like, and he told them about the potion, and then he passed into anonymity. And that's fine. We didn't need more, but we got more, mostly for Soyul's sake, which is yeah. perfect for me. Yeah, I liked Soyul's ending as well, that he said, uh, I'm sick of doing school for people from prestigious families. We're going to do school for people who have the correct energy, no matter what their birthright is. So good. I love that. I love you, Soyul. He's a good boy. He's a very good boy. <laughs> I love him, and I love the other guy, whose name I never learned, but he's like the right-hand man of Sonrim. I do not know that man. <laughs> he's been in every episode every of this episode. show. <laughs> Why didn't I learn his name? They even put it in the subtitles. I could read it. It was right there. Obsessed, I don't know that but man. <laughs> not that obsessed, I guess. Just like, just shout out to him, I guess, is all I wanted to say. <laughs> love that he shaved. <laughs> Yeah, good. That's that's fun. It it made him look s seven years younger. Yeah, not like that much younger, but young enough, you know. Yeah, then you're like, oh, mm -hmm. that made a difference. Yeah, you just one of the boys, one of the young boys, okay, all the young cutie. dudes. <laughs> okay, have you met you all? Like, do you guys know one another? Hmm. Hmm. Can I interest you in meeting up with? A very cool character who got less of an ending than Sunny, which is wild. <laughs> which is absurd, some would say. <laughs> but Jewel is just kind of doing her own thing, and I yeah. guess that's where we leave her. Yeah. Oh, I do want to say something about Soyol uh, and him in these last episodes outside of his epilogue ending, which is, it's very interesting how chatty he got. <laughs> how very... <laughs> I'm going to go level with everyone. And it was very too little too late by the time he was like telling all the secrets. He was like, listen, Naksu, it wasn't your fault. And she's like, uh, you're just devastated. The choice has already been made. We're staying apart. And he was like, okay, that's fine. Hey, jong <laughs> it wasn't her fault. And he's like, listen, we've already made the decision. <laughs> oh, no. But he was trying so hard. He wanted to he help. Was. He wanted to give them the happy ending he thought they deserved uh, once he found out that Naksu had no control over her murder spree. It was very sweet that he was trying to get that info out there. I thought he would also, like, I guess you're right, I just got used to Chatty Soyul. I thought when the crown prince came up to him, just very magically, after the unanimous assembly, he just, like, zooped up to where Soyul was, hovering over everybody. And he was like, hey, what's going on? Because um, Booyang just said something <laughs> crazy. And then Jungkook said something even crazier. So I know that you know what's happening. I thought Soyeol would be like, you are in the inner circle. Come here, my boy. Let me tell you, Naksu is back. And they are playing each other right now. They are playing a game that's very dangerous. <laughs> he did not. He did not reveal anything. Mm -mm. Tight lips. Suddenly. Sometimes. 
<laughs> when it matters, when your bro comes up to you and asks for secrets, that's when you tell secrets, so you'll. That's how you gain trust. It's very reminiscent of when they all work together to help Mudok get into the... But the at the end of the day, they were still leaving the crown prince out. They were still like, but you're not actually our friend. And I was like, come on. Come on. He is. He's your friend. Just tell him Noxu is alive. He won't do anything with that information. Yeah. He's a homie. You just <laughs> have to trust him. Trust that he won't be crippled by his past love suddenly who who he thinks he killed suddenly reappearing it'll be fine it'll be fine yeah that won't destroy him <laughs> um i saw going back to the epilogue sorry whiplash heel turns we got it all over back to the epilogue absolutely insane about the implied pregnancy uh, oh for- my god no me him <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, good for them if they wanted that. I just felt like that was such an unnecessary, weird epilogue for them and their relationship. Because they started with that, right? Like, they had the babies in Mm -hmm. Park Jin's hands. And you're like, like, oh my god. And then they're like, it's just jokes, kids. It's just jokes. These are other people's babies. Don't get freaked out. And then they're like... (gasps) But what if, what if we had babies too? Like, I'm sorry, now I feel gross, and I don't want to feel that way. Yeah, because it's, it's not a big deal if they're having babies at an older age. That's whatever. It's the, it's unnecessary. And I think that, I don't know, I've just been in such a place where all of the scenes with Maid Kim and Jungkook about them connecting on such a parent-child level multiple times, even in just the last two episodes, let alone throughout this whole season, was so... And last season, like, it's been so consistent where it was like, you are my boy. You are my baby. I have raised you. You are now the man you are because I have stepped up as the only person that was willing to truly be a parent. Because people will say Park Jin played dad, but he absolutely did not. (laughs) He was such a neglectful, dismissive father, if that's the case. (laughs) And I just, I think it's so moving that they had that whole relationship where it was like, she never wanted for a child. She had one. And then all of a sudden in the epilogue, they're like, oh, it's like, she's she's probably pregnant. I think that's fair. I think my initial reaction probably came from just shock and being like did they need that was it necessary but Mm -mm. i think you have a much better point of yeah she did have a son and to just throw in like but if she had a real baby wouldn't that be cute it's like do not invalidate the relationship that she had with jungkook in that way that's not okay that's not kind it doesn't make me happy to be like, she'll finally have a real baby. It's like she had a real son. She has had a real son for many, many years. And they have established that a lot. So why? <laughs> yeah, why, why does she need this? to have a baby in her I, 40s? I don't know. <laughs> Who's to say? I mean, that's, yeah, again, that's fine. It's just whatever. It just feels unnecessary. They seemed like the type that would be really sweet grandparents to the grandbabies that they're currently holding, to the grandbabies that that Jungkook will likely provide. They seemed like that was kind of what they were settling in for. And then they were like, ha, psych. It's also hard because it <laughs> just reinforces that part of our 
grand culture, our shared world culture that is obsessed with having babies and having that be part of a relationship. Yes. Where it's like that. I'm pretty sure that was mentioned with the crown prince where they're like, you got to find your queen so that you can have another heir. And Park Dong-gu and Jin cho Young immediately, like, they're not even going to get married. They don't need that. They're just going to start having babies. And that's yep. that's cool. We love a little bit of progression in being like, we don't know what their relationship status is, but we know that they're having kids together. And that's fine. Yeah. But Jin Bu-yeon and jong Uk, they better start having little girls that are going to carry on the legacy of this magic place. Because obviously. And also, Maid Kim should probably also have a baby. Because what would their relationship be if it was just two people in love? Yeah, yeah. I just like the idea of them having a non-traditional relationship and having a non-traditional family where they have kids. It's just completely different from them making a making a baby. <laughs> well, that's too bad, Raquel. They're, they've made a baby. Yeah. <laughs> great, great. Can't wait. I mean, obviously can. We'll never get to see that baby. It's just a weird it's conclusion a weird for them. Conclusion. It would be wild if that was the last thing we talked about. I- <laughs> <laughs> That's what we leave off on. <laughs> oh, but who's left? I don't know. <laughs> Master Lee's out there uh, hanging out with t- telling folk tales, telling real story folk tales to kiddos, just like he always has. That's kind of fun. We got really cool Jungkook and Naksu hunting down all the relics. Naksu striking a pose as if she's gonna fight, and then just kind of hiding. But like, respect. I get it. She's probably yeah. gonna contribute in other ways. Yeah, she'll trap it or something. I don't know. <laughs> something really important and vital for their fight. I liked it. It felt more like they were ending as equals, which is what I wanted for their relationship. Yeah. Yep. I liked that. And yeah. I know we're going to get an email that's like, you forgot my favorite character. But whomst? Whomst was that? Maybe you picked a bad favorite character. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You uh, are. Our editing software just, like, cut you and, like, paused you, and now I don't know what you just said. Oh, I said that I'm worried our listeners are going to email us and say that we missed their favorite character. Oh, shit. What character haven't we talked about? Um, bummer about Soyi being the only person to die. We said no one died, but Soyi did. Soyi and all the bad guys and the unanimous assembly. So, like, yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Um... I think we talked about it. Yeah, we did it's a great be, job. Honestly, it's we gonna did be really good. so weird. Yeah, we good job us. Another good one recorded. <laughs> we nailed it, kind of. I think good job to us. I'm really excited to hear what people thought because I <laughs> feel like too. we railed on this show all season long, and then the last four episodes really did us good. Yeah, we've been hyped on it. Um, even with the little annoyances that we we definitely had, we've been really hyped on this show. It's weird that it's over. Um, I know we watched another show concurrently, and it still feels weird to start a show that's not Alchemy of Souls. Yeah. Oh my god, no, I have a real thing to end on. A really good thing oh, to end on. Nice. Oh my god. Okay, last thing. I absolutely loved the juxtaposition 
of Jong-uk's fight with the dragon, with the yes. very first scene of the show that's Noxu fighting Park Jin. Perfection. Way yeah, to end the that show. that was so good. Yeah. <sighs> Especially because the beginning also talked about, um, like, there were so many graphics of, like, the water and the... Yeah, the juxtaposition was immaculate. The fights were so good. I really liked the special effects, even when they aired on the side of Corny, but I thought they aired, I thought they were more on the better side. Like yeah. they, they stood on the right side of Corny. They were so good. And then, oh, just him using the arrow, the energy arrow. Yes. Just like Noxu did. Bro, so good. It was magical, literally, and it made me just so happy. Oh. I almost forgot that. I would have been crushed. Yeah. We'd just have to do a whole bonus episode about that. <laughs> about that one scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. Email us with all of the characters that we missed covering the endings of at playonkpodcast.gmail.com. Yeah. Find our episodes on our website as well as a place for our affiliate links and a link to our Patreon and newsletter stuff, all at playonk.com. You can find us on Patreon as well if you want to support the show with some money and get some bonus content while you're at it. That's all on patreon.com slash playonk. Yeah, we also have the absolute freest way to help out the podcast, which is just rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever you listen to us, but especially Apple Podcasts helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. Finally, we are on social media, though we don't use it super often. You can find us on Instagram at Podcast, on X, previously Twitter, at playonk. And on TikTok at PlanK underscore Emily. Yeah, and that is just about it. So I think we'll catch you next week for a bonus, right? Yeah. All right, we will see you then. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.